Welcome, everyone. We're entering a world not so distant from this one, where the boundaries between flesh and machine blur into obscurity and neon-lit dreams collide with steel-clad nightmares. Welcome to the electrifying realm of Cyborg. This is a Cyborg actual play campaign using the Cyborg OSR Rules, published by Free League Publishing. I am DG, the Game Master, and I'm ready to guide you punks, you gutter trash, through this capitalist nightmare that will grind your souls down to a fine powder and scatter it to the wind. You mean Canberra. Canberra. <laughs> New Canberra. Welcome to the year 2089. The world's gone to shit. Scorched by climate change, blasted by nuclear war, tainted by things more unknowable. Mutants and deathbots comb the skeletal ruins of the tomb towns, and what livable land remains is packed dense with seemingly endless factory farms and unmanned logistics centres. None of this matters. The only place that matters is a sole point of light somewhere in what was once Western Europe. The only place worth being. A city whose real name is lost to time and memories scattered to the wind. A city known to the 20 million who call it home as Tsai. In this sprawling metropolis, the future isn't just a concept, it's a spectacle. It's a city of relentless extravagance where towering skyscrapers touch the underbelly, underbelly of the heavens and cascades of holographic billboards paint the skylines in vivid pulsating hues where endless feeds of streaming ads and corporate propaganda paint, paint the grime-choked skies above. In Psy, every street corner is an intersection of cyber-enhanced wonders and gritty urban decay, where high-tech corpse with unfathomable power, the desperate paint the streets in their blood and souls, and the rebellious hacktivists manipulate the very fabric of reality. But who gives a shit about class consciousness or any of that stuff? We're not here to wax philosophical. We're here to blow shit up. So prepare to jack into the digital underbelly of Psy, where reality is a fluid concept and your choices will shape the fate of this cyberpunk megaopolis. You're all gutter punks. You're all... All down on your luck. You've got massive debts that you owe to people you don't want to fuck with. It's a struggle to pay your rent. It's a struggle to feed yourselves. It's a struggle to stay alive. Everywhere you look, ads, corporate sponsorships, endless schemes, trying to siphon every single cred you have. So, over the last couple of months, you've been turning to odd jobs, things that aren't strictly legal, operating in the grey areas of legality, selling your services to those who will pay to keep yourselves afloat. You've been working with a fixer. Fixer who goes by the street name Pattern. 
as in general pattern, as in the tank guy, and the fixer has treads for legs. We'll delve more into that later. But this fixer has been taking you under his wing, giving you jobs, giving you a means of supporting yourself. Tonight, he sent a message to all of you, telling you that something potentially very lucrative has come up. And for the first time, you're not going to be working solo. He's calling together all of what he refers to affectionately as his little band of soldiers, his mercenaries, his street scum, and is putting you together as a group. A group that he's assured the client will be capable of accomplishing the job effectively and efficiently. And yes, Brit just asked me, do we have a link for the map? We do, I'll get it. <laughs> Knew I was forgetting something. Um, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to put a link to Owlbear Rodeo in the channel. And you just have to click that. And you'll be able to see a map of the city of Sai and any of the places of interest we'll be visiting tonight. Here we go. Uh, Thank you very much. Very Make sure to... Um... Yes. You have that starred, guys. Yeah. So. All you know is that Patton's got a job for a group this time. He's been pretty vague about it. He hasn't given you any details other than that you're to pick up a package for him. The coordinates lead you to an open-air market somewhere in the ports district of Sai, somewhere just beyond the neighbourhood known as the Melt. The reason it's known as the Melt is because most of the open spaces that were once part of the seaports, that were once strewn with shipping containers, have been turned into a cornucopia of street markets and vendors selling the finest street foods, your spider popsicles, your rat hot dogs, your cockroach, your powdered cockroach spices, and all of it melts together in this overwhelming barrage of different scents and flavours. No one would ever want to leave Sai. So the ports... The ports don't actually serve as a way to get out of the city. Rather, they're... They're the impromptu entertainment centre for the city. This is where you come to buy drugs. This is where you find the dankest parties and the best nightclubs. So... You've arrived at the coordinates of this open-air market. And as you assemble, surrounded by the hawking street vendors and the dregs of society with barely enough creds to rub together to afford a deep-fried cockroach on a stick, as you're bathed in the neon lights and you take sight of each other for the first time, let's introduce our characters. We'll go in... Alphabetical order, I think. Let's start with Adam. Introduce yourself, introduce your character, and describe what they look like. What you would see 
through the pollution tinged air and the 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 the, the velvety liquid night that's just sort of in a perpetual arm wrestle with the lights is this massive figure eight foot tall built like a brick shit house wearing an akubra and a dryza bone perfectly tailored um and then when you catch his features my guess is depending on your own personal fortitude there might be a minor scream or at the very least a bit of a squeak because he's just been manufactured out of all manner of bits and pieces and some of them are biological some of them are mechanical some of them are electronic none of them were assembled with any kind of aesthetic sensibilities hmm lovely and next we'll go with Brit otherwise known as e-sorceress to her streamers go ahead and introduce your character oh god one second I have to <laughs> I have to do a thing yeah can we also introduce how the character comes into the scene yeah sure when we get to you sure you're all just I... arriving at this market never laid eyes on each other before you only know that you were each one of Patton's soldiers. Go ahead, Brit. Hello, is this working? Yes, it is. Sounds very much not like your real voice. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, let's hope that that's working in this as well, then. <laughs> can you, uh, just checking with Adam, can you understand uh, Brit when she uses that? At the moment. Okay, yeah, cool. Down. Cool. Yeah, go on, Brit. Hello, I'm Charlie. I was abandoned, and I now live in this lovely, lovely junkyard, essentially. And you can meet my little puppy, Rusty. He is a very loyal companion. Don't look into his eyes. Charlie is... Charlie's sort of unsettling. He's unnaturally thin and tall wrapped in this very bulky trench coat and you can't see his face because he's wearing an old CRT monitor over his head. When he talks you see glimmers of something light beyond the screen and you're not sure if this is actually his head or just a bizarre mask and his dog, Rusty, well that's not a dog at all, it's very obvious to anyone staring at Charlie, that this is a cobbled-together autonomous dog-shaped drone that's had bits of stuffed animals and fur and clothing attached to its outer shackles. It doesn't look anything like a dog, save for what it wears as its face, with its black, plastic, beady eyes that seem to contain something sinister within. We'll now go on to our new player, Eliza. Go ahead and introduce your character to us. So, before you, you see a somewhat short, young woman uh, with a peculiar mask over her face. Shows just a screen 
with apparently a fairly blank emoticon style face. A semicolon in a bracket. Pretty much. Yeah. And as she steps into the market and surveys the area, we'll go with our final member, played by Tristan, who's going to arrive in style, or what he considers style. I think you'd hear it before you saw him as a absolute rust bucket of a taxi screamed in between the market stalls, pulling up to uh, Patton's surplus uh, in front of the rest of the group. And this thing is ramshackled. There it, the taxi sign has been scrapped, the tea has been scraped off. There is mold, black and blue growing over some of the parts. There is junk that falls out of the uh, driver's side door, uh, wrappers and all sorts as uh, a tall, lanky and stinking man steps out and his RCD is large and old. All of his uh, clothing is either grimy, scrapped, or looks like it was pulled off of a body. And he uh, gr grins at all of you with a large, toothy grin. Two cigarettes, one half done, poking out the corner of his mouth as uh, he looks at the rest of you. This is P.U. Yeah, his street name is P.U. And he's earned it for a reason, because as he steps out of the taxi, and as he opens the door, you can just hear from inside the taxi screamo music. You just hear the loudest, most obnoxious punk music ah, 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 from inside. You can smell him instantly. Your mouths water with this mixture of fungus, mold, urine and sweat. And it's such an offensive odour that it seems to instantly blot out the smells and tastes of the melt and several of the people at the stalls around you who are partaking of the street food just screw up their faces someone someone drops their deep fried rat stick on the ground and goes Ew, it's got moldy he was quick to pick up that uh rat stick and take a bite of it yeah tastes fine to me <laughs> so as you've all arrived, suddenly a message from Patton appears on your RCD. So in this world, everyone has an RCD. It's an implant in your eyes given to you at birth. And what it does is it means you are constantly connected to the net. Wherever you go, you're seeing the ads, you're seeing the holograms, you're seeing augmented reality. You cannot escape. But one good thing about it is it makes communication very easy. So a message from Patton blinks up on your heads-up display right in front of your eyes, and it says... I see you've all arrived. Get to know each other. You're in this for the long haul. Then find the package. Find it quickly and bring it back to my shop. Don't fuck around. And then there's a winky face. <clears throat> Fucking bastard could he meet us himself. Well, uh, he puts out a grimy hand, uh, covered it, it covered in both what looks like dry and wet elements uh, out in a handshake. Uh, hey you, nice to meet y'all. <laughs> Who's game enough to take that sweat, mold, dust-encrusted hand? 
Well, Frank is not used to people actually saying hello to him. Um, and it, it, yeah, he doesn't have a sense of smell. So uh, he just sticks out a hand and, well, he, he puts his finger in P.U.'s hand and shakes it. Well, pleased to meet you. Folk call me Frank. <laughs> Hovering and, uh, gone. Yep, go ahead. You lot, you two, what's your deal? Hey, take a look at the hands. I don't, I don't approach it. Uh, Azure Limbo here. Nice to meet you too. Azure Limbo. Funny what? one that. What isn't conveyed by pure vocals <laughs> is how Azure Limbo spells her name. It's it obvious. scrolls across my face screen with a yeah. four Z U R three for Azure and Limbo is L one M B and a zero. <laughs> It's very obvious by the uh, rather souped-up-looking cyber deck on slung over Azua's shoulder that she's some sort of hacker, and of course she's got the most obnoxious handle possible. Charlie, you're probably a bit confused with all of these people addressing you at once. How do you respond to PU's introduction? There's too many people. <laughs> I don't like being around people. I'd rather be alone in my scrapyard. Yeah. Well, you're stuck with us now, so says Patton. Get so used to it. Patton. So, you're looking around the open air market. You're unsure what you're meant to be doing here. Pick up a package with no direction, no description of what it is, no mention at all of what you're looking for. And, well, one thing about Patton is that his operating practice is usually pretty easy to understand. Whenever he's sent you on a job, there's always been some contact of his waiting around for you to make contact with who will give you the sitch. You just need to find them. So, I would like all of you, because we're going to make all of you roll this to demonstrate how the rolls work, to go ahead and roll your presence for me. How we roll in this game is you roll a d20, you add or subtract if you have a negative stat score, the appropriate attribute, and if you'd like to use one of your proficiencies, just announce it, and if I give you the go ahead, you add a plus two. Usually. The difficulty you have to beat is 12, but it can be higher or lower depending on the circumstances. So let's just go ahead, roll presence as you scan around, and if anyone has either survival or perception, they could probably add plus two, I think. Do you have I an could... insight? I might have insight into yeah. the sort of person that, that he might... Pattern would... Yeah, sure, go ahead, add a plus two yeah, to your right. roll as well. That makes it a zero. I got a 12 total presence check. Uh, Lovely. Uh, just a D20. Yep, presence. A D20. Yep, D20. And then you want to add your presence to it, and then that's the roll. And if you, if you think any of your proficiencies apply, just speak up and I'll tell you if they do. Yeah. 
I got a natural 20. That was with my Yeah, natural 20. Lovely. And Frank? Um, I, 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 I can't recall whether or not... Uh, I can't remember what my skills are, but I rolled an 8, and I have a minus 2 anyway, mm, so... Wow, yeah. Well, I do know you have perception. You have perception, survival, and technology. Um, but it's okay, it's a fail nonetheless for Frank. So, Frank, you're usually given pretty straightforward jobs. What? Give me an example of what jobs Frank's usually sent on. They don't usually involve this sort of subterfuge of meeting contacts usually far more straightforward oh well normally frank is assigned to empty a warehouse or load a track uh, a, a track car or a truck or erase that building he's he's usually sent in to reclaim an old sewer by emptying all the Blocks from the detritus that have blocked it, or he's usually manual labor and engineering, that kind of stuff. Rest of you, though, the rest of you are used to meeting with patterns operatives, and a quick scan of the open air market reveals someone who is most likely someone you have to meet. There's on the edge of the market, sort of tucked away in the shadow of two huge looming brick tenement buildings, is a dimly lit, very battered looking food cart with a faded picture, a faded clip art picture of a burger stamped on the side. There's a seemingly handwritten cardboard sign taped to the cart that reads Wasabi Burger. And manning the cart is a thin, wiry, grease-coated man wearing a foam hamburger for a hat, and he seems to be eyeing you. And when he catches your eye, he motions with a finger for you to come and come and check out his food cart. Get a burger. Yeah. yeah, I'm starving. Let's get uh, get something to eat. Um, and he's kind of like grinding his, his big metal jaws back and forth. You approach the food cart, and as you approach, you, P.U., and you, Frank, with your perception, notice that the cardboard sign seems to have been taped over a decal that was already on the food cart. Something with the letter M and a couple of golden arches underneath. Was the man manning Wasabi Burger himself smiles. He winks as you approach and he says, Hey, 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 you got, you got the look about you. You're patterns, guys, aren't you? And, and gals, he says, gesturing towards Azure. No Bingo, sense of genius. Opsec. No sense of OPSEC. What is this? OPSEC? Hey, I'm just here to sell the burgers and, and, and welcome you to the melt with, uh, by, by allowing you to try some of our famous, citywide famous cuisine. Uh, you, like, like this one. He reaches into the cart and he pulls out what 
he obviously thinks is a burger, but it kind of isn't. It's more like just a mishmash of different coloured, featureless blobs of, of matter wedged between two buns. And he says, this is my fabled Seven Alarm Burger. And I, I... Seven alarms? Seven alarms indeed, and, uh... Most certainly Seven Alarm Burger, and, and most certainly not something with the word spicy in the name, because... I'll let, let you in on a secret since you're working with Patton and all. He leans in. Wasabi Burger ain't the real name of my card. I had to change it for legal reasons, you see, and... Look, let's cut to the chase. Patton said you're here to pick up a package, right? Yeah, what about it? Well, he told me to keep an eye on the market and let him know when the package arrived, and, uh... Well, package will be down yonder alleyway. He gestures over his shoulder. You wanna head down there, uh, take the side street to the left, and if I were you, I'd make sure you're ready for a fight. Cause it looks like, uh, said package is, uh... Well, uh, package looked like he was shitting himself when he ran by here, <laughs> and not because of my 7-alarm burger, I'll have you know. So we got some gronk that we gotta smash and take back to Patton, is that it? Smash, take back, uh, pretty sure Patton don't want you to rough him up, but sure, however he gets back, as long as he's in one piece. Yeah, can we do two? It's more fun that way. Wasabi Burger just shrugs, and he says, Ah, you know, that sort of bodily harm ain't really what I get into. I, uh, I do burgers. That's what I do. But, look, you seem like the type of guy who's eager to get stuff done, so... Well, I promised Patton I wouldn't do this, but... Maybe I'll test your skills first, huh? Tell you what. You make it through my 7-alarm burger, and I'll give you a bit more detailed info on what exactly Patton's got you doing here. Free food and extra info. What's not to love? He hands you the... He hands you the burger, and as he does so, he immediately extracts another one from the compartment, and proffers it to the rest of you. Says, anyone else game? If you go two for two, I'll give you even more. Seven alarms. That sounds alarming. Most certainly alarming. The first three alarms are in your heart, and then the fourth's in your lungs, and then the fifth somewhere in the nether regions of your brain. The sixth alarm is the alarm that goes off when they call for an ambulance, and the seventh alarm is the trauma team. He was already like three bites into this burger. Yeah. Does anyone else partake? I don't think I'll survive that. I'm gonna leave it to you. <laughs> Charlie's like smacking his lips, crazy. shoving. Oh, sorry, will, will reach over and it's in a wrapper, right? It's in a wrapper. Yep. What passes and for one? And he just uh, he just uh, uh, tips his hat and says, "Thanks, friend. Real neighborly of you." And pops it in his pocket. Pops it in his pocket. So Wasabi Burger looks a bit disappointed as he sees Frank drop it in his pocket. He holds out a hand. He says, "Yeah, I, you don't. They don't keep well. Ah, look. 
who am I to criticize the uh, culinary habits of uh, the fine res fine people in Patton's employ? Then he turns to P.U. and watches with absolute relish on his face as P.U. just chomps into the burger. And I would like P.U. to go ahead and make a toughness roll for me. That I can do. Um, I assume strong jaw doesn't help in this in instance. Actually, yeah. Go ahead. Add a plus one to the roll. Alrighty. So, plus two overall. That's a 20 total, thank you. 20 total? The difficulty was 15. The first thing you register is that the red stuff in the burger is obviously some sort of spice. Peppers that have been ground up into a paste. If you didn't have a cybernetic jaw, your mouth would probably be on fire. The rest of the burger tastes, at least, like a mixture of raw sewage industrial runoff and cheese that's about a been left in the sun for about a week about a week or so but PU's eaten much worse than this so you finish off the burger wipe your mouth on the back of your hand and proffer the empty wrapper back at wasabi burger oh no there's no wrapper it, it was eaten with food. the wrapper yes you just open your mouth and there's a shred of paper dangling off one of your teeth. <laughs> Wasabi Burger's wide-eyed and he immediately claps. Well done, well done. Uh, you know, I ain't seen anyone eat it so fast. Usually, you know, usually there's a, a hand clutched to the chest, uh, maybe doubling over, maybe uh, coughing it up in the street. Uh, <laughs> All right. Look, uh, I'll let you in on something. Wasabi burger is just a front, he says. He no. reaches for something behind the truck itself, and the clip art image of the burger slides away, revealing a dirtied glass window, and on the other side of it, you can see that the inside of the cart is absolutely packed with weapons. Handguns, sawn-off shotguns, knives, brass knuckles. Yeah, they sell weapons on the side, you know, says Wasabi Burger. And, uh, well, you get this as a prize, he says. He reaches into the cavity and he holds out to P.U. a very battered, ancient-looking six-barrel revolver. Hey, they, uh, they used to call this one a hand cannon, he says. You know, it'll make your day. And you're gonna need it when you get the package, see? Very nice. you consume the weapons, they're not exactly nutritious. Oh, yeah, they're not for eating, no, I mean... Don't eat them. He, he looks over at Frank and he says, uh, Maybe this guy here might get something out of him, but... Yeah, you don't want to eat them. But... Self-defense. Self-defense, and... Well, you know, if self-defense means getting a drop on the gang goons and blasting them away before they can blast you, sure, self-defense. But, uh... So, I'll give you that as a prize, and, uh, you do well on this, uh, job for Patton. 
uh, well, maybe, uh, I'll be happy to sell your stuff in the future. I get all sorts of things in, anything in particular you're looking for, I can track it down. Tell you what, Wasabi, you're not bad, you know? Food and guns, what's not to love? Yeah, and info, too, only I ain't got already, already gave you the info, you see. So, down that alleyway there, and, uh, we've been flapping our gums for a while, so, uh, you best hurry, otherwise that, uh, that package might have, uh, might have peed himself a bit too much, foist. Uh, he tip, uh, tips, uh, his, uh, his metaphorical hat to him, and, uh, jogs off down the alleyway. <laughs> and seeing... Oh. What were you saying, uh, Azure? Oh, we, I follow, I guess. Yeah, you follow, yep. Azure See ya, just... Burger Boy! I, I presume looking at all these guns and these disgusting burgers, the 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 bracket on your mask is like inverted now and it's a frowny face. <laughs> Frank is gonna mutter up at Adam's spot and he says it very, very, very quietly. And the rest of you see something move under the brim of Frank's coat. Like, he's got an animal under the brim of his coat, but whatever it is, it doesn't emerge as Frank pulls himself off the seat and begins to clumsily follow P.U. down the alleyway. Charlie and Azure, you follow along, and... Charlie, as you're leaving, you realise that Rusty isn't following you. You whirl around and you see Rusty still standing in front of the cart, his eyes longingly looking at the reams of fat and grease running down the side. Rusty, what are you doing? He just tilts his head. (laughs) And then he opens his mouth in a very monotone, horrific robotic voice says, Burger! Oh, uh, sure. Sure. I him to For him? Yeah. He shrugs. He says, ah, he don't look like he could handle my seven alarm. So, uh, here, maybe just a normal cheeseburger. Don't ask where the cheese came from. I know it's white and it's supposed to be yellow. Just don't ask. It, 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 it tastes roughly the same, okay? And as he hands you the burger, Rusty immediately just turns and faces your hand, following it as you extract the burger from the wrapper. Oh, no. he, he can have the wrapper too, it's fine. And I'll pass him the burger. <laughs> His iron jaws open, revealing razor-sharp teeth that shred the burger and the wrapper in a matter of seconds, and then he follow. he begins to trot behind you as you catch up with the others. It's at this point, Frank, that you're going to call Spot out to surveil for you, and as you do, go ahead and describe Spot, introduce him to the rest of the group. Well, if they didn't, if they weren't paying a lot of attention, they won't have seen it. Uh, it's no larger than a dragonfly, and it basically just looks like a little metal dragonfly. It sort of uh, crawls out from underneath the Akubra and just 
flaps into the air and up ahead. And yeah. uh, it, it, it does a couple of quick circles around Frank's head and then it just sort of heads into the into the night. Yeah. And Frank's as he as he keeps up with the rest of you as you're making your way down this narrow, trash strewn alleyway, Frank's slowly scanning the skyline above, left to right, as if he's waiting for something to return. And Frank, go ahead and make for me a knowledge roll. And you have proficiency in perception, so you may add a plus two to that, because you are scouting, after all. Excellent news. Okay. Question. Yep. Do you add your proficiencies on top of your abilities? Sure do. Well, that didn't help very much. Um, how, 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 how much did you roll? Uh, I have rolled a six. Well, here is a good point. For and, and, and then that means I would have a total of nine. Well, this is a good point for me to introduce the glitches. So, all of you, you all have glitches that you would have rolled for when you made characters. And you can spend these glitches at any time to re-roll a check, to reduce the difficulty of a check by four or to turn a critical failure into a normal failure. So, Frank, would you like to spend a glitch? I, I, I'm i going to guess that that was a really subtle prompt. So I, I will, in fact... I'm holding your hand a little bit as I explain the system. But Okay, well, it looks like I'm going to spend another glitch because I rolled uh, a natural one this time. It's okay, you do roll for more at the end of the session, so... Uh, All yes, right, I, it only gets up to 11. 11? Yep. Uh, uh, Tristan, you were asking Yeah, something? I had a question about glitches. So you can use it to minus four a DC instead of just yep. re-rolling? Re okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. But when you make when you spend it to re-roll, you, you can spend it to make anyone re-roll, not just you. Gotcha. You can spend yeah, your glitches on other characters, yeah. So... DC 10 is exactly what I was asking for, because this alleyway is pretty linear. Eventually you find the side street that Wasabi Burger mentioned. It branches off to the left and to the right. To the right, it eventually seems to open out into another haze-filled market, but to the left, it sort of begins to twist and turn into a nest of urban decay winding between buildings and eventually it's going to come to an end at a dead end at a brick wall with the staff entrance of an old laundromat being the only means of exit so there isn't really much for spot to survey but you can see through his eyes, Frank, his own vision, infrared popping up on your RCD. And at the very end of the side street, there's three guys, gang goons by the looks of them, greasy hair, leather jackets emblazoned with an image of a scorpion, torn cargo pants, each of them brandishing a machete in one hand and a pistol in the other. And they're sort of fanning around, searching under and in between rust-flecked dumpsters and trash cans, peeling up the grates at the bottom of the street, looking underneath. It's clear that they're looking for something or someone. 
and they're ready for trouble. Well, I reckon we got ourselves some folks trying to horn in on our job. There's some goons up ahead. Ah, shit, I was looking for an easy one. They're they're searching for something. Well, hey, uh, big guy, you want to try out this? And I'll uh, chuck him the the old-style revolver. We're talking about a cult peacemaker, yes? And we're talking about a dirty Harry gun. Okay. Any chance it could be a peacemaker? It can be a peacemaker. Because that'd just be funnier. Given that I decided that Frank is now talking like a, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, a drifter. That's fine. Yeah, he's just gonna. He's just gonna check to see if it has bullets. It's all chambered, but. You don't have any extras. You've got what the gun's loaded with, but. Three guys, six rounds should be more than enough. Hands P.U., the uh, hamburger that he uh, got earlier from his pocket. Thank you kindly. Still still cold. (laughs) Try not to get food poisoning. It might not kill you. That's not a real thing. That's a bedtime story. That's something the corpse made up. (laughs) So that's just what the man's telling you. When that's just a man telling you can't drink three-month-old milk is bullshit. Because they want you to buy the new milk, you know, but you don't need to buy the new milk if the old milk's still good. So... Anything is safe to drink once. Technically true. (laughs) If you say so. So, as you make your way down this alleyway, I'll just ask, knowing that there's some goons at the end of it and they're looking for trouble, what's your plan? Are you just gonna... Roll up, start firing. You're gonna try to get the drop on them. Are you gonna just try to watch and see what they do? Um, uh, do we have any verticality options? Like, is there maybe a fire, an old fire escape somewhere that we could look at, or possibly just try to get an angle on from there? Hey, you go ahead and make a presence roll for me. You can add survival if you've got it. I do not. Does it look like we're trying to get past them, just sort of into that building to the side, or? You're not sure whether the thing you're looking for is in the alleyway with them, or if it's beyond that door that they seem to be guarding. I got a 20. Yeah, not natural, but 20 total. So, you, there are no fire escapes. Those were torn down years ago because people were using them, uh, essentially as a way to avoid having to pay the tolls for moving along the roads they would use the fire escapes and build makeshift bridges out of them and go from rooftop to rooftop so the local councils removed the fire escapes that doesn't mean there's no way to gain verticality you're used to climbing things pu and it would be quite easy for you to shimmy up a drain pipe get up onto the roof of one of these buildings they're not terribly tall they're like double-story buildings, but it would provide a vantage point over the rest of the alley. Alright, listen, are we looking to try and get past these fuckers, or are we looking to, uh, leave them in the gutters? That was sure. Do they have to be killed? If they're anything like my old crew, yes. 
sort of devices can I see around simple devices that might, hmm. you know, yeah, well, there's in some way. so you you look around and well, each of the windows on the upper floors of the buildings in the alleyway has at least one motion detector built into the frame to prevent people from climbing in, you know, and everywhere inside, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in the slums or the ports or the hills, there's always going to be cameras and holographic ad projectors everywhere. They're like spiders. There's always at least one within a meter of you at all times. Excellent. I'm thinking getting past them is probably not going to be super easy anyway. We may want to deal with them and then we can work out if we need to go past them. After Alrighty. Uh, uh, PU is quick to pull out his uh, smart pistol, uh, which is covered in grime. Um, and he's and he sticks it in his uh, jaw and says, "I'm gonna head up and then uh, yeah, take out yeah." <laughs> All right, go ahead and make, make me make me an agility check, please, Pu. And as a gangoon, your stealthy trait gives you uh plus two on these. So oh, hell yeah, in addition I get a plus to your ability, total. yeah. Let's go. If you have acrobatics, you can add another plus two, but I don't think you do. I don't. I have stealth and thievery, but that's a yeah. 15 total, so I'll take that for 15, sure. 15, yeah. So PU just cocks the gun in one hand, with the other hand grabs a nearby drain pipe, and in a way that looks very unsafe and unhygienic, he just sort of shimmies up the drain pipe, pulling himself over the little waist-high wall that lines the top of the building. He pokes his head out so you can see that he's reached the top and he waves. Wave back. Um, so. He will um, send through a message on his RCD to the rest of the group. Um, and it's it's really poorly spelt, but it's uh, and it, the, the text is all garbled. But it's I shoot first, then you. Right, I'm used to leap speak. I can understand it. Yeah. <laughs> so the rest of you, all good with this plan? And what's your plan? Are you just yeah. gonna sneak, sneak into position and wait, or are you gonna just go charge again as soon as you hear the first shot? I'd prefer to sneak into a position where I can try and hack something. That's fair enough. Charlie and Frank, though. Both muted. <laughs> no, Frank's back. My apologies. I'm sorry. I'm having technical difficulties. That's okay, oh. Bruce. Don't worry. I, I, I just forgot that I was muted. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. I, um, Steen, everybody just. There's no way for Frank to be discreet. Yeah. So, so he, he might as well take the very center. Yeah, so he's just going to head forward. He's I would like to do my thing before anyone runs in there. there. Good, good. Choice. And he's. Out of from his back, from behind the, his, um, uh, from underneath his leather, um, geyser bone, out comes a cricket bat. Mm. A metallic silver cricket bat. The one that Patton says that, one that Patton simply refers to as that weird bludgeon. 
It's and, a legend. And Charlie, um, are you going to try to sneak into a vantage point, or are you gonna just wait for wait for PU's signal and then charge alongside Frank into battle? I'm just going to wait for PU's signal. Yeah. And you do have Rusty, so you'll be able to send him in rather than yourself if need be. So you just hang back for a bit. Azure. Frank is well, going to scoop yeah. up a tin can or something and do that bit where Cricketer is just popping things into the air by just sort of, you know, just keeping it in the air by hitting it and tapping it with just, you know, just holding the bat one-handed. It makes a noise. And so it should capture the attention of the gang. From somewhere inside the folds of Frank's coat, you hear a voice go, How's that? And I would like, uh, I would like Azure to go ahead and make an agility check for me. And if you have stealth, you can add plus two. Ooh, I do have stealth. It gives me a total of plus four on three. <laughs> so that's seven. Seven. Would you like to spend a glitch to re-roll that? I might like to spend a glitch. I only have one. That's okay. So, you roll it yep. into the session to get some back, so you may as well spend them. Right. That's a 10 to 14. 10? Fair to 14. So, you creep ahead of Frank and Charlie and his weird dog robot, and you notice two ostensibly green dumpsters there's only a couple green parts left the rest of rest of it is rust and grime but they're positioned in such a way that they completely obscure the corner of this little open square area where the gang goons are rifling around and coincidentally the space behind these dumpsters puts you in range of most of the hologram projectors that service this part of the alleyway. So, you slide into position behind one of the dumpsters, and would you like to unhook your cyber deck and jack in? I think I would, yeah. Unsolutely. No, but I will tell you, though, that while you're jacked into your cyber deck, anything you do that isn't directly related to working on your cyber deck is done at plus two difficulty. Yep. So, you unsling your cyber deck. An Allianson Z80 cyber deck. Top of the line. Good stuff. Good stuff. I didn't a pay good money for this. And that's a significant portion of your debt. <laughs> but it... It does anything you'd want to do, and in the hands of a skilled hacker like yourself, you're ostensibly a wizard, warping reality at your whim. So you slide it out, your hands begin to glide across the keyboard as you log in, prepare some of your script, load the apps, and wait for the signal. P.U., you creep forwards down the alleyway, and... You have a vantage point down into the courtyard below. You can see the three gang goons rifling through trash cans, dumpsters, lifting up grates. And as you approach, one of them just loudly goes, Oh man! Oh, what is that smell? 
one um, of the other Gangoons shrugs and he says, Least you could do is say pardon me. What do you mean, pardon me? I'm just asking, can't you smell it? You know what they say, you dealt it, smelt it. I told you, you should have laid off those tacos. PU's gonna lean over the side of the roof that he's on, uh, putting his smock gun over, um, over one arm to steady his aim. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And he's gonna pull the trigger. He pulls the trigger, go ahead. Roll me a presence check to fire your gun. And, and because of your stealthy, you get plus two on that. Let's go. Uh, I think I'll use my glitch because that was a nine total. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's a 21. A 20, 21. no, excuse me. Yeah, that's a hit. All right, go ahead and roll the damage. And Can for do. your smart gun, I believe that's a D6. Sure is. That's three damage. Three damage. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You pull the trigger. The gunshot rings out, and these gangoons on their, their, their senses finally honed by whatever cocktail of drugs they've got pumping through their system immediately spring into action. The one you aimed at dives for cover, and your bullets slam into his right arm. He lets out a yelp in pain as he scrambles for his own weapon. We're under attack! We're under attack! It's Sonetti's goons! It's Sonetti's goons! Go, go, go! And as you're the one who started the combat, uh, PU, you get to roll for initiative. So just go ahead, make another agility check for me. Can do. Gonna be a six for us. Six. So these gangoons immediately fan out. It's not obvious to them where the shot came from. And as they scramble for their weapons, they see Frank's hulking form charging out from the mouth of the alleyway. Charlie and his weird dog standing behind. So one of the gangoons pokes out from behind the dumpster, raises his very cobbled together looking pistol and fires at Frank. And Frank, I'd like you to go ahead and roll agility to defend. And you're muted, by the way, in case you forgot. <laughs> and while he's... I didn't yep. bring it, I was just testing you. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's just, you know... Um, I don't know what I need to add to this, yeah. sir. You uh, just wanted uh, a just... d20 roll? Yep, just a d20 plus or minus your agility. This is a defense roll. Well, I rolled a natural one. Natural one? Ooh, so that's going to be a critical oh, no. failure. You can either take the crit fail and let the enemy critic get a critical attack on you, or you can spend a glitch to turn it into just a normal failure. Uh, you had me spend my glitches earlier. So you don't have any left. Well, you're not wearing any armor, so luckily you don't have to worry about the part of the Has critical hit. Me. That will, uh... So this is not gonna shred your armor, because you don't have any, but... Frank is huge, bulky, he's running into the courtyard with a cricket bat, and the gang goon just squeezes the trigger, shouting, Ah!
A bang, 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 bang! Letting off a barrage of gunfire, and that's going to be... Six points of damage on Frank. As the bullets all get Frank's center mass, cutting into his trench coat and spilling bits of the stuffing into the air like a cloud around him. Ah, shit. The second gang goon, noticing that Charlie is standing in the alleyway behind Frank, raises his gun. Bang! 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 Add fires at Charlie. Charlie, go ahead and roll a defense for me. That will be an agility roll. Um, my dice like me today. Um, natural 20 with a plus two. Ooh, natural 20. So, when you get a nat 20, a crit success on a defense roll, that means that you're immediately allowed to counterattack. So, as he fires his gun and you duck, grabbing Rusty, pulling him out of the way as the bullets pelt the brick wall behind you, you see Rusty's black, opal-like eyes flare red. He opens his mouth, revealing his sharp teeth, and he lets out a mechanical bark. It just sounds like this. Bark. Bark. <laughs> and... How would you like to counterattack? Would you like to counterattack yourself, or would you like to send Rusty in? I'm going to send Rusty in because he tried to shoot me in my dog, the little fucker. Yeah. So, this is drone combat. As a uh, orphaned gearhead, that's your class, you get to add your knowledge to any checks related to drone combat. Normally, it would just be a D20, just on its own. So, you get to roll a... D20 and add your knowledge and if you have the mechanics proficiency you may add plus two to that as well that was a six on the d20 six on the d20 would you like to glitch yes can you use that glitch just so quick that's okay you get him <laughs> back very easily Oh, how do the glitches work again? Sorry. Uh, you can you can choose to re-roll, or you can choose to lower the difficulty to four, which in this case won't mean you pass. So you'd be better off just rolling again. So just spend one of your yeah. glitches, and then I rolled a twelve. A twelve, lovely. Well, that that hits. And just so you know, whenever you're using Rusty, um, you have the mechanics proficiency, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so you add plus two and your knowledge to any rolls you make for Rusty. So Rusty so charges... 14. 14, yeah. So Rusty charges forwards. Bark, bark, growl. And his <laughs> legs sort of bend, buckle in on themselves as he springs forwards, lunging through the air, sinking his teeth into the gangoon that fired at you. How much damage does Rusty's teeth deal? I rolled a three. Three. Ah! Screams the Gangoon. And it's the same one that... It, it's the same one that P.U. shot at before. His arm's already riddled with P.U.'s bullets. And just as he's scrambling back for cover, Charlie scrambles over the dumpster and sinks its teeth in. Bark, bark, growl, and there's a sickening squelch, and poof, the arm is ripped right out of its socket, 
A plume of blood sprays the Gangu next to him, who just holds up his hand and says, Whoa, 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 watch where you're pointing that thing, pal! And the Gangoon gurgles and falls to the ground, dead. That's what happens when you hurt my friends and try to hurt my Bobby. The third Gangoon, scanning, looking around, and he sees P.U.'s mohawk poking out behind the little wall on the roof. He screams, Aha! I see ya! And damn sure I smell ya! And he raises his gun and lets off a barrage of rounds. Go ahead, you and make me an agility check to defend, and of course your stealthy does let you do this uh, with a plus two. Yeah, because I'm up on the roof hiding from. Yeah, you are you are being stealthy, so your ability applies. I got a twelve total. A twelve, that's enough. You quickly poke your head down beneath the thing, and a single bullet whizzes past, rips off the top of one of your mohawk spikes, and sails onwards into the air. Uh, you bastard, I just washed my hand last year! <laughs> and now, it's the party's turn. Frank, you're charging into combat. What would you like to do? Well, a guy shot me, so I'm going to hit him in the head. Yeah, you're charging right up towards him. Sprinting towards the dumpster is sheltering behind, and with one hand just sort of sliding it out of the way with the other hand while you raise your cricket bat. Go ahead, make a strength check for me. Well, I rolled a four. Rolled a four, yeah. It's okay. Frank's big, he's clunky. He's getting used to this. He's never really been in a running gunfight before, so he brings the cricket bat down and it just clatters onto the concrete, leaving a big crack in the ground as the Gangoon dives out of the way. And from inside Frank's trench coat, a voice says, Oh, hard luck next time. Bold out. And we move to... Azure, Azure, you are hiding. So I'm far, they've not left. noticed you. Two, two left. left. Yep, two left, seemingly unhurt. Just how targeted is my Boom Boom app? Your Boom Boom will allow you to deal D6 damage to up to D4 enemies as long as they're within the vicinity. And from here, they're within the vicinity of at least two or three ad projectors in this little courtyard. Am I likely to accidentally hit allies? No, you won't. Okay, good. Then I would like to do that. Yeah, so go ahead to make a knowledge check for me, and if you have the technology proficiency, you can I add do. that. That'll be a 20 total. 20 no, total. 19 total. 19 total. Nice. You slide an app cartridge into one of the slots and. The emoticon on your screen perhaps turning into a winky face for a second. Yeah. You press the enter key on your cyber deck and immediately one of the rundown ad projectors explodes. There's a little anime girl who lingers in the air for just a second, waving her finger, and she shouts, Boom Boom! As you execute the Boom Boom app and... 
The, the walls of the buildings around the alleyway just light up in a cacophony of fireworks and sparks. Bang! Bang, 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 bang! Like a mini New Year's display. Go ahead and Nothing roll unusual, a... really. Go ahead and roll a d4 for me to see how many of the enemies you hit. d4, I get two. Two, lovely. So you're going to hit both of them. Go ahead and roll me the d6. Four. Four. Nice. One of the gang goons is standing right in front of a neon billboard, and it just explodes, showering him with glass and makeshift shrapnel. He falls to the ground, shrieking in pain. The other one rushes to his side just as another neon ad explodes, raining, raining an old condom ad down on his head. But they're both still up. Quite a bit hurt, but they're both still up. And, alright, Charlie, you're up. What would you like to do? Charlie's going to pull out his shotgun. Yeah. And he's take... going to aim at one of them. I'm not sure what one. Well, there's one of them who's like on the ground, like pulling bits of glass out of his clothing, and there's another one who's just like dancing as uh, a billboard ad. Uh, advertising real flesh condoms explodes around him. Gross. Oh, I'll aim for the one that's pulling the glass out of themselves. Yeah. You cock your shotgun and fire. Bang! Go ahead and make a presence check for me. Ten. Ten. Well, I'll say he's a bit shocked from what's happened to him, so I'll say I'll lower the difficulty from twelve to ten. You managed to hit him because he's out in the open and he's busy trying to extract bits of the ad out of his clothes and his flesh. He doesn't notice Charlie taking a step forwards, raising his shotgun. Go ahead, roll the damage. Six. Six. Ah, got it, he says as he extracts the last piece of glass from his leather vest just as his head explodes into a blood sausage. Lumps to the ground. And then, PU, you're up. Let's see if you could wrap this up. Alrighty, let's see if we can't finish this off. Hey, Knucklehead, look up! And I'm gonna take another, uh, uh, another shot. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, roll me another presence check. Holy shit, I'm rolling crazy tonight. Uh, 22 total. 22 total. Nice. He looks up just as you paint a third eye on his forehead. He opens his mouth to say something as the bullet hits. <sniffs> and then he just slumps forwards, instantly killed. Yeah. Well, that was easier than expected. The game tunes um, are down. That went nice and smoothly. So, after combat in this game, Anyone who got hurt is allowed to roll 1d4 and recover that much HP. So go ahead, Frank. Okay. Also, um, Dale, I want you to know I am taking notes for this campaign. Lovely, of course you are. Our dedicated note taker. In addition, anyone who fired a firearm during the fight 
rolls a d8. If they used auto fire, they roll a d6, but none of you did. So you roll a d8, and on a roll of one, two, or three, you've exhausted your mag and need to reload. And if you roll higher than that? You roll higher than that, you're good to go. No reload needed. Yeah! I got a six. Six, no reload needed. Yeah. (laughs) We only fired a few times, it makes sense. How, how, how's Frank doing with his after battle rest? Oh, he got a, a couple of hit points back. A couple of hit points back. He didn't manage to get any hits off, but that's okay. He did the scouting, and that's what, what led the party to be able to get the drop on them. Now that the fight's over and the gun smoke in the alley's cleared a little bit, before you're able to actually take stock of what just happened, before you're able to pat down the guys you killed, and start looking for the package. A voice rings out, a timid sounding voice from one of the nearby dumpsters, one of the ones that Azure happens to be crouching behind. I, I hear, I hear gunfire! Was that them or was that you? Who's dead? Who's, who's dead here? Is it the gang guys dead or, 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 or is it... Is it the other guy's dead? Is it safe to come out? You might be dead if you don't tell us who you is. <laughs> it's not exactly smart to call out on your position when you don't know what's going on. Hey, I called, I called... I called Patton for backup. He said he was gonna send some guys. Come help me out, get me out of this pinch. I, I presume that's you. Uh, you, you, Patton's got, yeah, no worries, we got him. <laughs> Alright, I'll, uh, you hear a rattling from inside the dumpster. Uh, I, I'll be out in it. Oh, shit. Uh, so looks like it doesn't open from this side, so, uh, Frank said he was sending someone bulky. Uh, if you could do me a favor, that'd be solid. Uh, P will nudge um, uh, Frank after jumping down from the rooftop. Think he means you, big guy. If you if you could hurry, that'd be great. Uh, that the smell's starting to, you know. Uh... Hey, don't so much that drop smell ain't gonna get any better once we open the lid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Frank is gonna wander over and. Um, Rip the uh, top yeah. of the container off. I know Frank's strengths and no roll needed. Frank just grabs the lid of the dumpster and wrenches it off. And there's a cacophony of twisting, snapping metal as Frank lift not only opens the dumpster, but seemingly just detaches the lid from it entirely and tosses it aside as if it's just a piece of cardboard. Holy, I, I said open it, I get... Oh, jeez, you're you're a big guy, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, say th- thanks, pal. Says the man inside as he holds him out and gently lift. Uh, I'll just pick him up and gently lift him out of the uh, dumpster and set him on the ground. Howdy, partner. <laughs> the man pulls himself to his feet. He brushes some dirt and muck off his clothes, and he. Holds out a trembling hand. He says, ah, thanks for that. Uh, 
Ermac Ransom. You do well to remember. I'm a, I, I, I'm a private detective, okay? You ain't no fucking corp, are ya? No, no! Freelance. Ah, good. Don't do well with corp. He shakes everyone's hand, and P.U., when you hold out your hand to shake his, he retracts his straight away. Ah, uh, you were just in the dumpster. I'm basically the same thing. <laughs> Go, Adam. You seem to have gotten yourself into a bit of a, a bind with them Goon Gang boys. A pickle, yeah, as we say in the business, with the scorpions, no less. You know, if it was, uh, if it was the Virid Vipers, maybe I could handle it. You know, those guys, you just offer to hit, offer, uh, you know, a hit of the crack pipe with them, suddenly best friends. But these guys, uh, these guys got it out for me. Where are my manners? He says. I didn't mean. I don't to know. Probably still in the dumpster. Yeah, I uh, I did sort of relieve myself in there. Uh, look, uh, I had a job and I needed some capable people. Patton said that he could get capable people. He told me come meet him at the shop. And we go over it together, only I was on my way there, and then the scorpions caught up with me, and they chased me down the alleyway, and, uh, well, then I said, I said to Patton, I said, those guys you got, you're gonna have to send them to come get me, because I'm in a spot of trouble, and I presume that's why you're here. Uh, P.U. sends a message through to the rest of the group. This guy talks a lot. He does. <laughs> so... Ermac is a tall, swarthy sort of fellow. He's got long, curly brown hair and a bearded face. And if you were to inspect him closely, you would notice his menacing magenta-shaded eyes. And at first you'd think it's just an implant, some cyberware, but then you would realize that his eyes just seem to naturally be this color. He's always wrapped in an old duster, which makes him look like he's stepped out of a 1930s detective noir. Street camouflage, he says, proudly tapping the shoulders of the duster. He turns to Frank and he says, You'll get it. You got it, pal. Nice hat. Not well, sure there's much you. to get. Oh, sorry, Frank. You, uh, you still need looking to head over to Patton's store? Bose, I should, uh, still got that job and all if you're interested in it, and uh, I suppose, uh, scorpions might still be after me. I could use the escort. And as if to, as if to back up, as if to back up what he's saying, almost as if Patton can somehow hear the conversation, the message pops up on your HUD immediately. Bring the package back to the surplus. Don't let him get hurt, and make sure he cleans himself up. I'm not gonna have the store smelling like piss. Oh, well, he, no, of course he doesn't let him in. I was gonna say, of course he lets, uh, he won't let him in there. He doesn't even let me in there half the time. 
Have we rifled the bodies of the Gangoons yet? You haven't, but you now can. And... Their leather jackets, their clothes are torn to shreds from the gunfire, but the cobbled-together pistols they were using and the machetes, well, you know, those might be worth something on the market. If you want, you can add three uh, 9mm pistols and three machetes to your inventory. They don't seem to be carrying any cred chips or anything that would contain personal identification. They might not have much of value, but um, I'm gonna pull off one of their, uh, pull off a pair of their socks. I need a, I need a new pair. Mine has uh, yeah. more holes than sock at this point. The pair you pull off is like covered in filth. It's got like encrusted mud and what looks like dried blood caked into it. But to PU, that's clean and cozy. PU just rips a a single piece of fabric off one of his feet and pulls the new socks on. Oh, hell yeah. Much better. There are already toenails poking through the end of this thing. You have shoes to go with those. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got my boots. The tongue is like half off. The It is caked in mud, dog shit, and whatever else that might be on the streets. Um, and it is uh, basically rotting off his foot. <laughs> So, says Ermac, looking around as he starts to make his way to the mouth of the alleyway. I, uh, kind of a walk from the melt to Patton Surplus. I don't suppose one of yours has got a car? Yeah, there's Axie. We, we, see Axie. She's good. She's good for it, I promise. Still rats, mostly. He shrugs as he lets you lead him back out of the alleyway, and as you emerge once more into the open-air market, you catch sight of Wasabi Burger. He sees that you've got Ermac following along behind you, and he briefly catches P.U.'s attention and flashes a thumbs up. P.U. flashes one back with a big black and tooth smile. Seven alarm burgers! He begins calling out, Seven alarm burgers! See if you can beat six! <laughs> and then he waves. Come back anytime, friend. I'll have the special menu items for you. You betcha, Burger Boy. Eight alarms. <laughs> you make your way back across the marketplace. And if any of the people, if any of the vendors or the the the... the passers-by who were just spending the night on the town heard the gunfire or had any idea that people were dying around the corner. They don't seem to show it. It's business as usual. Deep-fried rats and cockroach powder and smells and neon sights and sweat. You make your way back to the taxi and Ermac just sort of shrugs. He says, ah... Look, I peed myself in a dumpster, I don't suppose. <laughs> I don't suppose I got any rights to complain, ah! And as he makes his way to the taxi, he reaches into the pocket of his dumpster. He pulls out a little plastic vial containing something that's bright pink. He unscrews the lid and you watch as he lays out a line of fine pink powder on the back of his hand. 
He eyes. Know what this is easily enough? Yeah. If anyone would like to make a knowledge check, they can. And sure. if you have the science or medicine proficiencies, you can add plus two. I got a natural twenty. Natural twenty. I know. Anyone else? Yeah. Anyone else want to? He has probably done his fair share of narcotics. So I think I think he'll have a swing at guessing what he's huffing. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, PU. What kind of role is this? Knowledge? So that will be knowledge, and you can add medicine or science if you have it. I'm bad at knowledge, but we'll give it a go. Ooh, a 17. 17. So, PU and Azure, you watch as he eyes you, each of you, raises an eyebrow, and then <laughs> snorts the whole line of pink powder off his wrist. His eyes widen and glow bright pink for about a fraction of a second and then he shakes his head. Get the, get the buzz going and uh, then he looks P.U. dead in the face and he says, oh, uh, they're gonna chase us soon as we get in the car. Running gun battle on the highway, you see. Yeah. How do you know that? what they do. He, he holds up the vial of pink powder and you recognize it as a relatively uncommon drug of choice. Pink glass, it's called. Ah, uh, shit. Where'd you find that stuff? Like I said, private detective. I live in Burn Church Hex, but I work for the upper crust in the hills. That's where the money is, baby. And that's where the contacts are. I got a good line on it. So, PU and Azure, you know that pink glass... Well, Azure, you would know that pink glass is supposedly made of isolated tachyon particles that are refined into a powder and snorted up the nose. PU, you probably wouldn't be aware of that part, but what you would know is its reputation on the street. And that is, when ingested, it allows the user to slow down their perception of time and even peer into the immediate, immediate future if you happen to be particularly attuned to it. Well, shit. Uh, big guy, you know that shiny piece I gave you? You know how to use one? Can't say I'd never handled one before. Real easy, like a camera. Point and shoot. You see, if you look down the barrel, you can usually see the bullets. Those go forward. Point them at the baddies. Frank holds up the peacemaker, and uh, it's going to be very obvious there is no way on heaven and earth his finger is fitting into the uh, trigger loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's basically going to be squeezing just merging the trigger loop with the trigger itself. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck, good enough. Listen, let's get an Axie, and let's fucking book it. Um, uh, PU is going to, instead of unlocking it with a key or anything, he bags it with his elbow, and the door pops open. Hideous stench immediately emanates from within the car, overwhelming each of you, and... Charlie, even Rusty, seems hesitant to climb into the taxi. He takes one look at 
a cluster of mushrooms growing out of the corner of the back seat. Tilt his head. Make it into a convertible, head. let it air out a bit. Frank yells dibs and goes, uh, actually yells shotgun and goes into the uh, passenger seat of the front. It <laughs> just slides in. It's no, it's no dirtier than some of the mines that he would have worked at when he was a mining bot, so... Charlie just sort of bows his head, look... Uh, Rusty sort of bows his head looking at Charlie, opens his mouth, and he just says, Whimper. Whimper. Are we all gonna fit in there? Yeah, yeah she'll be fine. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, what was, was that, that Charlie? It's a bit sketchy. Sketchy, sketchy. Do I look like a sketchy guy? I ain't no sketchy guy. I know my shit. I can drive. Axie still runs. You'll be fine. Charlie, yes. like, waves his hands in front of his monitor. Like, he pretends that he could smell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just goes, oh. But you the, love it. It's a must. It, it grows on you. Literally. A poop emoji appears on Azura's face. <laughs> Oh yeah, by the way, uh, word. I wouldn't call it that. It is what it is. Chrome Dome, great work back in the alley there. The light show, great stuff. Hey. That was, uh, at Azure. Yeah. Yeah. Azure's just sort of, just sort of, like, awkwardly silent as she picks her way through the fast food wrappers and tries to create a little spot on the back seat for her to sit. Oh yeah, just put there with little fireworks appearing on the screen. Yeah. Put that anywhere, it's it's all good. Rusty opens his mouth and one more time he says, Whimper, and then clambers into the back seat. Charlie. Oh, I'm, gonna give, I'm gonna give Rusty a little pat. Gingerly. Don't be careful, don't look into his eyes. He, as you as you pat him, his jaw sort of hangs open, brandishing his razor-sharp teeth on full display, and he just says, Pant, pant, drool. He's adorable, I love him. <laughs> Thank you, I built him myself. Once you're all in the taxi and the doors are shut, and, and, and I'll, I'll stress that this this is... A struggle in and of itself. The doors open easy enough, but there's just so much filth caked into the taxi's frame. It takes at least four or five tries to shut each of the doors. But when you're finally all set down, PU leans forwards, turns the ignition chit, and instantly a little monitor on the back of the driver's side seat lights up and says... Destination, North Docks, currently a crude fare, 3,821 creds, current time of service, 3 days, 12 hours, 47 minutes. And the timer is still going. Isn't, isn't Axie funny? She thinks she's going to get creds out of me. Huh. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's uh, kick it into gear, Axie. And uh, I'm going to stop peeling away. Yeah. Whoa, just be careful, kid, shouts Ermac as he's jostled forwards, still dazed from his hit. 
Uh, they're gonna be on the highways. They're gonna wait for you on the off-ramp. Chase us on. Maybe we can go around. You're the driver. Uh, go around. Go for it. I mean, you've been really scared of Firefight. But I want to get paid. Let's, uh, let's try and keep you in one piece. So, what would the party like to do? You're going to take it. It's not far from where you are to Patton's surplus. It's about 20, 30 minute drive through the ports. But there are multiple ways to get there. You can get on one of the major arteries that leads through Psy. Carries you from district to district, but... If they're going to chase you, this is where you'll be a sitting duck, and there won't be much of a way to lose them. You can try to make your way through the maze of roads and streets between here and there, and hopefully not be noticed in the neon and the trash and the muck and the urban decay. And if they do see you, you might have more opportunities to lose them. What's I think everyone thinking? I vote Urban Decay, just because we'll be able to get more of a chance of losing them. Yeah. Plus, potentially more cor corners to take cover behind. How fast is your car? Uh, it goes? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's take the better chance of losing them. Rather than trying to outrun them. Alrighty. Um... I will have the electronic lockpick that I have jammed into the ignition switch. I'll jiggle it around, um, getting it properly going, and then uh, we'll peel off towards the uh, slummier areas. Yeah. You scream away from the markets, and soon you leave the melt behind. The markets are swallowed up in the haze, along with the street vendors, and soon you're just cruising through the ports proper. The nightclubs, the drug dens, the cyber brothels flanking you, bathing the taxi in an array of pinks and vibrant purples and blues and greens. The streets are relatively busy at this time of night. There's crowds along the footpaths lining up at the various nightclubs and several cars on the street alongside you, several legitimate taxis, robotic garbage trucks doing their nightly rounds. You can't really move fast, but you can move inconspicuously. So, I would like, um, while you're driving, PU, who do you nominate to navigate? I think that um, Azure would probably be the best. Azure could probably jack into local... Um like uh, navigation systems and also like uh, check the traffic and stuff to see where it's going to be easiest to get through. Indeed, I she like could. Alrighty. Alright, so Azure, I'd like you to go ahead and make a knowledge check for me and go ahead and add your technology to it. Alright. You may also add insight, but they're both the same. So bonus in this regard so there's never both it's always one or the other yeah one or the other right. that'll be a 14 total so tell me what kinds of things azure would look up and furthermore how she gains access to 
what would usually be heavily restricted encrypted traffic data used by the corpse to police the highways. Well, I do this all the time. Uh, so I'd be looking at, yeah, traffic data, like effectively your Google Maps, uh, how busy is this road, that road. Uh, I'd also try and look into the specific timings of traffic lights. If there are such, I don't know. Yeah. Such as there is. So, Azure, as you, uh, as you, your fingers glide across the cyber deck, the back seat of the car lights up with a bright purple sort of holographic diorama of this section of the ports, complete with little green cars cruising down the streets and tracking every vehicle in real time. There's a logo floating above it. It reads United Citadel Security. Restricted access. You hope nobody... Yeah. You hope nobody pays attention to that as you trace a path through a couple of main roads from here to Patton Surplus. PU has one hand on the wheel, but he's fully looking back into the back seat. Wow, oh. nice stuff, Chromie! Light show! <laughs> and you really stick it to the fucking corpos, eh? Oh, yeah. Pack the planet. You manage to plot out a route that should keep you off most main roads. You could stick to side streets, less used access ways. A lot of the places you're going to stick to are usually only used by the garbage trucks and the robo-taxis. Automated lanes for automated traffic only. They keep you out of the public eye and allow you to cross the district efficiently, quickly, hopefully without being noticed. But there is one question I will pose to you, Azure. This will get you about two block within two blocks of Patton Surplus. When you come out of the automated lanes, you're going to have to make a choice. Beeline down the main street, past all of the iconic nightclubs, and risk getting caught, which would be the most direct route to Patton Surplus. Or, at this point, will you then send PU on a little detour, taking him out to the very edge of the ports, out to the docks, we winding your way up north and then coming back down again. I'm leaning towards the latter. I'm always yeah. a little more patient and careful in trying to get places. I never patient like to be seen. There it is. So you start to recite the directions to PU as he drives, and PU. As you as you drive, do you uh, slap the radio chip right there? Upload? Absolutely, I do. You do. And as soon as PU slaps the radio chip, his playlist begins to fill the air. As he glides down the street, all of you rocking behind, and as this music feels the little taxi, Frank, you probably have a reaction to it. it this is not 1970s rock, this is not ACDC. 
Well, fortunately, Frank can't hear any of what's going on in there, and Frank has opened up his window, has stuck his head out, and is rubbernecking because he's never been before. Yeah. And what a ride it is! This isn't just a car ride, Frank. The way PU drives, it's like you're on a roller coaster. It crests hills and then takes sharp dives down. You're all bumping back and forth. If Frank was human, if he was not a robot, he would feel his innards squirming and twisting, his stomach leaping, just like it does when you're in, an, when you're in, when you're in an elevator and it takes off and you lurch forwards. Frank's head out one side and Rusty's out the other. Yeah. Rusty's just got his mouth hanging open and as the car drives, as the car drives, he just repeats a single word. Pant. 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 Well, Frank is also trying to snatch souvenirs as we go. Get close enough to something. You manage to get, at one point, PU's dangerously close to a traffic light. And you just reach out and use your arms high honed for mining camps mm -hmm. to just bend the pole towards you and snap it off. And then the next thing anyone's aware of, there's a traffic light lying in your lap, constantly switching from green to orange to red. Jeez, big guy, nice stuff. <laughs> If there happens to be any wires, can I have them? <laughs> yeah, Frank, the, the, the traffic light's dangling with wires. Red, green, blue. And you notice Charlie seeming to be eyeing them with an interested... interested demeanor, leaning ever so slightly forwards towards the passenger seat. <laughs> Charlie, do you point at any wire in particular and ask for it? And I have the three ones. They, they're the best. <laughs> Frank, do you do you rip off some of the blue wires for Charlie? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm handy. I, I, he's trying to find souvenirs for everybody and yeah. as dramatically appropriate as possible. I mean, Char bad luck if we go up near some yellow cake or something or other, because P.U.'s going to get a sample. So, Charlie, you handed a handful of blue cable with live wires still sticking out the end, electricity still sparking on the metal bits. Well, Frank himself seems to extract another of the loose wires, open the brim of his coat and drop it in. You see something tiny vibrating underneath the coat as Spot squirms up your chest, Frank, and nuzzles the little live wire that you just dropped in as a treat. And... At this point, Frank, as you're sticking your head out the window looking for souvenirs, I'll ask you to go ahead and make a presence check for me, and if you have survival, you may add plus two to it. Well, um, I don't think it's going to matter because I haven't rolled above like a four all night. <laughs> we'll see if it... <laughs> while um, while P is <laughs> screaming down the, uh, the highway, he adjusts the mirror to look at Ermac. Um, and uh, says, hey, I think your shit's out of date, man. 
It ain't been any fucking scorpions around here. Um, uh, uh. Say that. Ermac just looks at Frank, and what did you get on your roll, Frank? Oh, I got a one. Got a one? So yeah, it's a total of minus two. Does anyone have any glitches left? No. I used my one, unfortunately. One. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Charlie, would you like to give Frank a glitch? Sure. Go ahead, Frank. Reroll. I think that would be a real waste of a... It would glitch, but you know, okay, fair enough. Okay, now I've rolled an actual twenty, so I don't know what I'd, I, I, I don't know what. <laughs> what a waste! So, you're keeping your eye out for souvenirs, and then you see as Pu as Pu violently swerves the car onto a side street. You see a vehicle emerge from the cluster of cars and trucks that is lined up way back towards the very edge of this section of nightclubs and cafes. It's a low rider, a convertible, a very old model from a vintage, vintage make from the 2030s, designed to look like a roadster from the 20th century. It's painted bright red. The red is gleaming in the neon haze. And there's a decal of a scorpion emblazoned over the right hand, over the driver's door. Is there by any chance anything remotely resembling a brick? Mm, maybe. In, in the cab? And in fact, with your nat 20, I will say that tonight you're very lucky. The windows are rolled down, and you can see that there are exactly three men in the car, each of them wearing identical attire to the Gangoons you fought before. One of them's at the wheel, another one is simply peering ahead, trying to catch sight of you, and the third sits in the back seat, and he's wearing a sort of headset, complete with a microphone and vision goggles, and in his right hand he's grasping some sort of metallic cylindrical object that you, Frank, as a mining robot, instantly recognise as a control device for a drone. You look around PU's taxi and, well, PU doesn't have a brick, Gonna say if you're looking for something to throw, you did just pick up traffic lights. Yeah, <laughs> PU doesn't have a brick, but you do have the head of a traffic light in your lap. <laughs> the scorpion's windscreen. The windscreen. Any chance? That, any chance that I could uh, sort of uh, put something heavy and? Um, into their, 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 their windscreen? Sure. At the moment, though, they're about... I'd say five, six car lengths behind you, and... You've spotted them before they've spotted you. However, I think if anyone's capable of throwing this thing five or six car lengths, Frank probably is. And there you go, says Ermac. Just like I said, scorpions. <laughs>
-hmm. Only we got the drop on them. We want to try and avoid them before they spot us. He used turned completely around in his chair. He's got one boot on the on the wheel. Oh shit! Uh, big guy, do something. I lob. I rolled a twelve. I think that <laughs> ends up yeah. being a fourteen or something, really. Yeah. So I'd say strength, and I think Frank's strength is a plus two. So yeah, fourteen. If you have athletics, you can add plus two onto that, but I don't think you do. So you just. Lean out the window, hold up the head of the traffic light, and Charlie, you weep inside as you see many, all of those wires still dangling from the end of it, still laden with live electricity, go sailing out the window as Frank hefts the thing. So Frank, where are you hoping to land it? Just right in their windscreen? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And, and now that you mention it, isn't perception... And, um, athletics, what we decided that a mining robot would have. Yes, yes, you do have athletics. We can put it up to a 16. Um, because we were struggling to figure it out, and, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of skills. He's basically potent carry. Um, yeah, well, which is going to be better, right? Smack on the windscreen or through the roof and into the, uh, the passenger area? If you can take out that that cyber deck wear, that's probably going to be a best best uh, boon. All right, I'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll see what I can do, little fella. With a sixteen, I'd say you've got enough to get it right through the skylight. It Charlie's lands. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's just like just rubbing the back of of Rusty's neck. It lands just as the driver spots you. He points ahead, shouts something, and you hear the engine of the roadster roar. Here they come, shouts Ermac as the Scorpion's car screams out of traffic, barreling down the road towards you. That's when the headlight, that, that's when the head of the traffic light lands on the roof with a clunk. And as the car swerves over a pothole to gain on you, it lurches forwards and the traffic light head rolls down into the skylight. And as it does, Adam, I'd like you to go ahead and roll a d4 for me. Because I'm treating this as a... Effectively, an electrical grenade. So I'm going to see how many people it hits. Nice. It only hit one. Hmm, I'll give you the choice of which one you'd like to hit then. The driver, the passenger, or the one in the back seat who's got a drone control panel. I think I'm going to hit the driver. You hit the driver. Alright, go ahead and roll a d6 for me. Five. Five. You all see a brilliant flash from behind the windscreen as the driver's face opens, his mouth turning into a shocked O as the traffic light, which is effectively a live... effectively a live electric projectile at this point, explodes, sending... 
hundreds of volts down his spine. Instantly, you see the car careen to the side, go up onto the sidewalk. There are screams as nightclub goers scatter out of the way, diving for cover, and then thump! The head of the car crumples in on itself as it collides with the front of a nightclub of a corrugated iron wall laden with bright pink neon squares. The driver hangs limp over the driver's seat adds the passenger a look of intense frustration on his face takes a few moments to pop open the door shove the unconscious driver out of the way and take his spot behind the wheel the engine roars to life again as the car begins to reverse but you're already off go ahead uh pu i presume you're driving sure am make me an Make me an agility check. You can add plus two if you have drive. Alrighty. Just got a flat plus two then, but we'll see how we go. Pretty good at these usually. Uh, it's a seven total. Seven total. Go, go, go! Screams Ermac. Quick, before they recover. The other guy's behind the wheel. You slam your foot on the pedal. And at this point, there's a loud buzzer from the there's a loud buzzer that emanates from the monitor behind the driver's side window as a message pops up on the screen unauthorized pilot detected ah fuck 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 uh, and the engine begins to wind down ah shit uh, uh, chrome don't do something <laughs> sure uh, what do I think I can do? Um, well, it seems, from what you can tell, that the taxi system has finally decided to lock PU out. And from where you're standing, with your proficiency in technology and your knowledge, I'll tell you it seems like it would be a fairly simple deal to just hack into it system and register PU as a reg as a recognized user. But own the car this is a corporate taxi and you know that as a corporate asset there's probably gonna be some form of ice in the system that you're gonna have to negotiate. Ice as in remind as me. in as in intrusion countermeasure intrusion countermeasures electronics right so something that might yeah something that might something that might either fry your brain a little bit or backfire on you and you could make things worse you could alert the corp to the location of one of their stolen taxis we do need to keep moving so i'm i think i'm gonna do what i can meanwhile as the scorpion car manages to find its way back onto the street nearly back ending a passing sedan the man in the back seat raises the cylindrical object 
furiously begins to turn some knobs on the end of it, and a loud humming fills the... Uh, loud humming begins to drown out the street ambience as a flying drone emerges from the back seat. Uh, it would be... The future scene drug would be pink glass, Pete. Thank you. A solid obsidian black sphere looking like it's made out of onyx emerges from the back window of the car a little compartment on the front slides open click and you see a you see the barrel of a minigun beginning to spin beginning to warm up as the drone begins to speed down the street, weaving between the garbage trucks and the auto taxis, gaining on you. Um, while uh, Azure is trying to get into the digital side of things, uh, can PU try to jam his ele electronic lockpick uh, into the- He sure can. He can try to see if he keeps the car going without it coming to a full stop. So go ahead, make me a knowledge check dr10 and you can add your thievery to that thank you very much uh, charlie also offers to help so charlie you've got the drive proficiency i believe mm -hmm. but you know what might be useful here is charlie has a multi-tool embedded in his body and this might help PU get into the system. So would you like to order Charlie to provide some assistance? Oh, that's moving. Yeah. If you'd like to do that, go ahead and make a knowledge check for me, Charlie, and add your add plus two if you have machinery. I have mechanics. Mechanics, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh not natural funny. Natural 20, nice. Non-natural 20, dirty. Non-natural 20. And how did you go, PU, on that? I didn't do great. I got you six. Did. You didn't do great. So you've pulled out your electronic lockpick. You've taken it out of where the ignition chit is, except you've failed to account for the fact that that's what's keeping the ignition running. As soon as you pull it out, immediately the engine begins to splutter and you go, oh shit, oh shit, and wedge it back in. Uh, <laughs> I want you to imagine this guy has like completely flipped himself upside down in the seat. He's lying down. He's yeah. underneath <laughs> the dashboard, uh, fucking trying to stick this lockpick into the ignition switch. Ah, shit! Fucking. I just reach uh, over. My and sig. He's here. dropped his sig. He's picking it yeah, back up, yeah. putting it in. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Azure just reaches over and sticks the credit chip, sticks the ignition chip back in, and the engine be the engine comes to life again. Still winding down because you're locked out of the system, but for the moment you're able to keep it running because Charlie raises a hand and Rusty bounds forwards, sprawling over the dashboard and the passenger side door. He opens his mouth and says, Bark, bark, as a little tool extracts from his neck, drills into the dashboard and manages to hijack the engine to prevent it from going down. And this manages to keep the taxi driving PU still weaving through the traffic, and so far, the drone that's chasing you hasn't been able to get close enough to riddle the taxi in bullets. So it's all on you, Azure. You unsling right. your cyber deck and dive into cyberspace. Go ahead and make me a knowledge technology check. 
13. 13. Not as good as I would have liked. Mm. You reach for your neck, pull out the long chrome cord, and jack it one end into your cyber deck, the other end into the socket underneath the monitor in the taxi, and instantly the taxi and the street outside fade away. They turn into wireframe, and then that too begins to dissolve, turning into individual bits, ones and zeros that begin to reform all around you as you dive into cyberspace. You're within the taxi system. In your eyes, through your through your access jack, it looks to you as a featureless grey plane in the middle of a void, endlessly vibrant white. You can see the node that handles the registered users. A big glowing blue monument, a spire touching the stormy clouds above. But it's being patrolled, patrolled by ice, manifested in your vision as bright red fears covered in pointy spikes, naval mines that float in the air, each one of them brandishing a cartoonishly angry face with triangular eyes and a zigzag frown, scanning for intruders. So I will say that your 13 is enough for you to get past them, get into the node, and register PU as a temporary user. That'll keep him in control of the taxi for 24 hours. But you have the option, if you like, to dive deeper and register him permanently as a freelance employee with the taxi company, meaning the taxi will never have this problem again. But... With the 13, you will have to engage in cyber combat with the ice. What does cyber combat look like? So you'll attack them as if you're in combat normally, but you'll be doing knowledge checks, and that's also how you'll defend. Knowledge technology checks? Yeah, knowledge technology checks. And you could also, I think the other app you have is... uh, Uh, Oh, yes. Where is that? Trolley Skipper. Automated defences have trouble tracking me. Yeah. And prioritise other available targets. I would say that if you activate that app, it would not uh, it would not entirely obfuscate you from them, but it would confuse them enough that it might be easier to get past them. I'll take that. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Make a check on that one. Knowledge technology check to activate the app. 12. 12. Just enough to get it going? Yep. Does anyone Wave have any you... glitches that we can that we can call nah. upon if needed? Who needs glitches? <laughs> no, I Charlie? think you're out because you're getting to the end of the session, which is when the glitches run out, usually. <laughs> I do have glitches. Oh, you do have... oh. So, Charlie might come in. in, right, in I, am, I am overconfident. We got this. So you wave your hand in the air and bright pink glyphs light up in front of you. Each one representing one of your scripts, one of your apps. They look like, to you, they've taken on the appearance of little magical runes, the the shortcuts to 
the attacks in your favorite MMO. You reach out and touch one of them and activate Trolley Skipper and instantly cyberspace begins to slow to a crawl around you as your cyber persona moves like a blur, speeding through it. You duck underneath one of the ice entities. Yeah. This time I can run. Ah, well, that's going to be how you're represented in cyberspace. Sure, why not? <laughs> Long cat ears. Fox Fennec. tail. Fennec, yeah. <laughs> We're both fox lovers. <laughs> yeah, we're both fox lovers. So, you easily blur past one of the patrolling ice entities, and then a second, and you reach the glowing blue spire itself. You wave your hand again, causing it to deconstruct, turning it into raw data. You grab a section of the data, pull it physically out, rearrange it with another one, then wave your hands again and the data begins to coalesce, solidifying once again into that pointed blue spire that touches the skies. It's at this point that you hear an alarm klaxon, as the intrusion is noticed by the ice. Their angry faces staring right at you. Their spikes shoot out, growing at least double length longer, and they speed towards you, electricity crackling at the end of the spikes. And I will ask you to go ahead, make me just a straight knowledge roll to defend. You got this, Azure. Oh, I got this. Easy. I've I've done this a million... (laughs) (laughs) That... Might be a natural one. Natural oh, one. If you want to glitch. <laughs> so, oh, I, I, if, if you want, you want is do you want to spend your last glitch on this, Charlie? It's up to you. Well, I have two more. Two Ooh. more. All right, go ahead. Give yeah, give so give as you a one. Oh, all right. So is that a reroll? Yeah, reroll. No. Or you can use the glitch to simply uh, reduce the critical fail to a normal fail. It sounds like re-rolling would be better unless I happen <laughs> to roll an, a one again. Yeah, yeah go what ahead and re-roll. What are the chances? One in 20. 18 plus knowledge 18. is one. So nice. So, yeah. if you hadn't glitched, if Easy. reality hadn't suddenly shifted in your favor, one of those ice would have gored you right in the chest with its long spike. You would have been wrenched out of cyberspace. Blood would be pouring from your ears, from your nose, from your mouth, and you'd be clutching your hands to your head, screaming as it felt as if your skull was being torn in two. And you would have taken eight points of damage. Holy shit. I am so glad I gave you a glitch. (laughs) I'm very glad too. I have six hit points. Yeah. Instead, (laughs) you simply wave your hand, duck, and as the ice whizzes over you, you reach up and pull the cord out of your neck and feel your entire body lurch forwards as you're back in meat space and you can feel the seat materialize underneath you and feel your physicality on the seat itself. The engine roars. As the message on the screen reads, Thank you, stinky man. Resetting fares. 
It's not a taxi. Her name is Axie. Get it straight. Now let's fucking ride. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me another agility check to drive. Sure and thing. Meanwhile, it doesn't look like the Scorpion car is going to be able to catch up with you, but the drone, the flying drone's getting closer and closer. You can hear it's humming as it hovers. <laughs> You can is see the barrel uh, of the mini. Go ahead. Is a 15 going to help us get away a bit? It will, but you can see the barrel slowly turning as it begins to heat up. And I'll ask Charlie, Frank, is there anything you would like to do to try to keep that drone away while you trust PU to just floor it? Go, kid, go! Screams Ermac. Somebody shoot that thing! Shoot it out of the air! Charlie, Frank? Used, uh, sure, I'll pull out my shotgun. <laughs> shotgun? And Frank, would you like to... Would you like to scramble for something in PU's car that you can hurl at it? Or do you just want to try to use that peacemaker? You're on mute, by the way. Yeah, you're a mute if you've... <laughs> He's just testing us, remember? Yeah, just testing. Yeah. No so go, go ahead, Charlie, and roll me a presence check with your shotgun. Ten. Ten. You've got one glitch left. Do you want to spend it? Uh, I think there'll be more useful things to use it for. Yeah. Because I'm sure right. when Frank comes back. <laughs> it's all on you, Frank. It's all on you, Frank. What are you going to do? The world slows down. We're looking as the as Axie's careening through traffic. Uh, bullets uh, are warming up in the barrel. And uh, it cuts to Frank leaning in, just shoveling through all the trash. Yeah, like, just try it. He just, like, looks up and he's like, huh? Oh, I, I see a voice, ring, a voice rings out from inside the duster. How's that? As Frank sighs, withdraws, withdraws the peacemaker, and his finger begins to squeeze not just the trigger, but the loop as well. And it looks like Adam's having technical difficulty, so I'm rolling for him. And that's going to be... A 13. <laughs> the great robot absorbs the recoil of the revolver. It seems to shake the entire taxi as he looses a single bullet. And he's going to roll the damage, and I'm going to roll it where you can all see it. Single so bullet from a shotgun? Single, I, uh, single bullet from the Peacemaker is going to be a D8. Which I believe has a very similar uh, damage rate as the shotgun. It does, yeah. That's Ooh. a five. Boom! The bullet slams into the side of the drone and you watch as some of the plating on the side of the sphere is torn away. Sparks fly off. Live wires dangle out, and the drone doesn't blow up, but the force of the bullet knocks it almost out of the air. Its engines whir as it hits 
a nearby street light and loses track of you as P.U. grabs the wheel, wrenches it to the left and <laughs> screams away into the night. Yay, we didn't die. <laughs> so, Charlie, I'd like you to go ahead and roll me a D8 to see if you need to reload. Six. Six. Nice. You do not need to reload. <laughs> About 20 minutes later, the Axie, as it's now known, pulls up in front of Padden's Surplus. It's a tiny little shop wedged between a pumping nightclub, so pumping that you can feel the bass gear in the car, and a trendy cafe. It's a little establishment, a nothing more than a brick facade with a faded sign reading Patton's Surplus and spools of barbed wire across the roof and the front of the windows. We made it, says Ermac. We made it! Ha! <laughs> ha! You're something else, kid! He raises a hand to high-five you, and then P.U., when you go to high-five him back, he sees the the absolute state of your hand, and he just nervously chuckles <laughs> as he pulls his hand away. I mean, that's fair. I know where this has been. It's pretty bad. <laughs> ah, so, uh, uh, Patton, he waits well, for you to... One more thing. He said he couldn't go in if uh, he could smell the piss, so... Uh, he uh, he punches the roof. Uh, and you can see, you guys, like, over the driver's seat, there's a whole bunch of dents in the roof. Uh, or he's obviously done this a couple times. Um, and he punches the roof, and he's going to try and knock some of the filth from the roof onto uh, Ermac to try and hide the smell of him pissing himself. <laughs> You guide the taxi into a little parking lot, just a little parking lot about a building or two away from Patton's surplus, and then once the engine dies and the little the the screen on the back of the seat light lights up with a little anime girl giving you the thumbs up and saying, Thank you, stinky man! See you next time! Make your way down the street towards Patton's surplus, your boots crunching on the crumbling asphalt, your faces lit up in the haze, the sweat that glistens on your skin sparkling when lit up by the neon. As you approach Patton's surplus, the thick, rusted, double bunker doors that serve as the front entrance begin to open. You hear the great metallic rumbling, and it feels like the ground beneath your feet tremors as the doors slowly slide open, and admitting you to Patton's shop. The inside of the shop is... Well, it's still on your fourth or fifth time that you've actually visited Patton, still a sight to behold. The walls are absolutely loaded with every single type of weaponry you can imagine, from modern state-of-the-art cyber weapons to 
antiques from the time when people had to use black powder to reload them. Flags from countries that no longer exist and blazon the walls. The United States of America, France, England. A little place called St. Vincent and the Grenadines that nobody had heard of even when it did exist. And behind, behind the iron mesh that separates the customers from the shop itself, a wooden door is flung open and Patton himself emerges. Old Patton. Pats or General Pats. He looks like a kind older fellow, if not for the fact that he's installed a dual tread unit to replace his legs. He's a military campaigner from back in the days when a career in the military meant something. That is, until the day Eddie's legs blew, brutally shot out from underneath him. Always practically minded, he opted for treads instead of wheels. Even turned down fancy robotic legs on account of their horrendous cost. Hey, kicks, how you been? Back from the front, I see, he says, and he gives you a salute as the sound of his treads making their way over the wooden floorboards drowns out pretty much everything else in the room. Um... He is going to pull out the last digit of one of his cigarettes and he lifts his arm and puts it out on his uh, body hair and flicks the um, uh, flicks the cigarette bit away. Uh, we got the package uh, as he sticks in his now second new cigarette and lights it up. Uh, very timely. Uh, even managed to uh, get me out of the, uh, the trash can. Uh, I got the big guy to thank for that. He gestures towards Frank. And Patton just listens, and then he nods, and he says, Ten hot commendations are in order! Line up! He looks at the rest of the group, and then back to, uh, back to <laughs> Patton. I don't, uh, I don't do anything blind. Go and stand in the corner with your back! Facing to us, and make sure you listen in, soldier. Man the latrines. Yeah, the PU will follow the order and man the latrines. He's going to pull down the zipper. No, please stop. <laughs> Not these latrines, soldier. Uh, You're going to be dishonorably discharged from this military. When I say dig the latrines, I don't mean slack off, soldier. You are no fun, kicks. And he'll, he'll, he'll fix up. Alright, well, get to it. I've called you here to receive the reconnaissance provided by... Corporal... He looks over at Ermac. Corporal uh, Ermac! Yeah, yeah, let, let, let's go with that, says Ermac. Corporal Ermac is in need of a few good men, and I told him I had a few good men. I told him you would get it done. Now, what do you say to that? Sir, yes, sir. That he expects you to bark it along with him. Uh, yeah. It done. Not even a sir. Ermac just sighs. We got... We got chased down 
on the streets, nearly turned the taxi in a scrap heap, just, uh, just get to the point, huh? I got a job, you said you had some good guys who could get it done, I've seen what they can do, and I want to take it further. Can we make this happen, we make it official? Official then, mission briefing at 1800 hours tomorrow, says Patton. Corporal Ermac here is waging a war with the Scorpions. He's uncovered some intelligence accrued by an agent behind enemy lines. He needs you to go behind enemy lines and make contact with the agent. In a normal people talk, says Ermac, I know this guy, a hacker, goes by the name Solitaire. He was selling jailbroken tech out of a bodega in the slums, and he and I were working on something building this case against the Scorpions. He said he had something for me, and then he disappeared. Sounds like the Scorpions got to him. Now the job I have for you is to scout out his bodega, his place of operations. He told me if anything ever happened to him, that he'd leave something behind, sort of a dead man switch, a package, something that I could use as a secret weapon. And I'm gonna need you to any... go there. Is there any chance I've heard of this hacker before in my hacker circles? I would say that you heard of Solitaire. You know Solitaire is not really much of a hacker, nowhere near the caliber that you are. Amateur. Amateur. But. He knows how to he knows how to make connections. He's good with people. It doesn't especially surprise you that apparently his opsec's been bad enough to get him caught though. Hey, heard of him, have you? He says, looking towards you. We've crossed paths. Not a so I'm... Fan. Well he said he had something for me. An app, a data cache, something. Something that'll help me get Get the upper hand against these scorpions. Intel from behind enemy lines! Shouts Patton. Yeah, that. So, here's, here's the proposal. Patton's the middleman. He's letting you, he's letting me make use of your services. I want you to go to Solitaire's Bodega slash Cyber Cafe. The gang's probably watching it. They probably got sentries. They probably rigged it with traps. They're probably expecting Solitaire's friends to turn up looking for him. So you gotta expect trouble. But if you can make it in and out and you get what I'm looking for. Let's say, uh... Let's say... 800 creds. Straight towards your debt. Plus my finder's fee, sir! Don't remember, these are soldiers of fortune! Shouts Patton, and Patton's finder fee, we take that out of the equation. 500 creds each. Off your debts. Yeah, better than nothing, I guess. Plus 200 for you in your pocket. Oof. Each? Each. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I think we can do this. Half of it now. Half after the uh, job is done, so they say. He reaches up 
a thumb to his temple, presses it into his skin, and a number pops up on your R.E.D. 100 creds being added to your account. Figure I should, uh, you know, uh, give you some cash to get started, you know, buy the gear you need, so that you're going in prepared and all that. Discretion is the better part of valor! Shouts Patton. So what do you say, soldiers? Do you accept the mission? Are you getting... Yeah, we're already half paid, might as well, eh? Don't exactly have a choice now. His... His tank treads were as he... Pauses for a moment. So? Like I instructed you... Sir, yes? Sir. Happy to help, sir, says Frank. Patton sighs. Alright. You had a hundred creds. Use that for your initial requisitions. Operation begins at eight oh eighteen hundred hours tomorrow. Understood? Bruce. Aye aye, Captain. You will meet here for briefing. Receive more intelligence from the client, and then proceed with the operation. Dismissed! Ermac just sighs. Well, uh, get yourself some rest. Make sure you're geared up, make sure you're prepared. And then we'll see how you do with a real job, huh? Never know. Pull it off. We got a good working relationship building. I think you and me are going to be good buddies, Ermac. And he's going to sli sl slink a slimy arm around Ermac's shoulders. Yeah, Ermac just sort of gives you a look, pulls himself away, and leans towards Pat. And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. Just uh, don't touch me, don't come near me. And he looks over at Charlie and he says... Keep that dog thing away from me. I looked into its eyes. <laughs> Don't think I'll ever be able to see anything else now. Close my eyes. There it is. Thing gonna be haunting my dreams. Yeah, it's a pretty fucked up looking cat, eh? I'll <laughs> to give um, P.U. like evil eyes and be like, you do not mess with my dogs. You do not make fun of him. <laughs> I don't think P.U.'s making fun. I think P.U.'s not a smart guy. <laughs> Rusty opens his mouth and he just says growl and we'll end the session there that was yeah, our intro great. session so at the end of each session you get to roll your glitch dice and see how many glitches you get back to use in the next session okay okay I only had one that time but I think I have a d3 for my glitches yeah you see, I'm gonna get oh, back. I've got three glitches now. Mmm, yes. So your glitches can never exceed the maximum of your dice, but you do get to, you know, you can replenish up to maximum. Because you're supposed to spend them each, each session. Alright. I'm just gonna say, oh, hell yeah, I got two. Yeah, two for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. You have 100 creds to your name. Plus your starting creds. Between now and the next session, you may purchase anything you think you'll need. The prices are listed 
in the rule book, and you can presume that the prices listed are what they go for on the streets. If you want to find something cheaper, you can tell me, and I'll give you a chance to roll for it. But you've been given that 100 creds, use it well. Buy ammo, buy armor if you can afford it. Get anything you think you might need. Because tonight, you survived a fight in an alleyway and a car chase. When you hit the bodega, they're going to know you're coming. They'll have time to prepare. And the first job will truly be the one that tests whether you're cut out to make something of yourselves in this world. Or whether you're just more gutter trash for me to wipe under my feet and discard. Thanks for playing, punks!